This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. We say hi to Gary Sharp, the Iron Horse. He's full mass. Good morning. This morning. Yep. Uh, Mark, of course, your business is MVP. That's Elijah now, Herbal, Gary, Chris Schmidt. Does, does the name Full Mass, is that referencing Rink Mass, or did you just watch the Sydney Sweeney Hot Ones video? <laughs> Ooh, that's a good question. Um, and you're going to have to probably explain to most of the audience who that is. Uh, no, no, I was, I was uh, fully masked after 34 <laughs> points uh, the other night at PBA. Did you notice that nothing even hit the rim with his performance, right? Like, it was... Right. I mean, good. He, he, he needed, uh, you know, he hadn't played well the previous two games and, of course, the Rutgers game. Um, and, you know, Ohio State didn't have an answer for him. And he hit shots. He got on a heater. And, you know, that, that was one of the, the games where you thought, man, this might be a tension convention. It's going to be a tight game. The line was only about two and a half. That was, that was easy breezy for Nebraska. Once the second half started, Ohio State said, nah, we're not here to fight. That was, that was a pretty easy one. But you guys know how the, the pendulum of Nebraska basketball goes. Today becomes like a bigger game, like the game of the year on the road at Maryland. You know, they got Jameer Young, the uh, Maryland's uh, guard, sort of your classic guard. I mean, penetrate, dish, shoot, creative off the dribble. Who guards him today? Lawrence? Put Lawrence on him? Um, Williams? I would say more Bryce Williams because, yeah. by the way, Williams and Young played together at Charlotte. Ah, okay. So there's a little uh, back history there. Um, you know, I don't know. I, I, they, they'll probably do a lot of different things, but I think Williams will get the initial um, initial go at it. You know, this is a game that, man, it, you got you got excited about the other night at Pinnacle Bank Arena. Now what do you do today? I mean, you know, you got this stretch of Illinois and Northwestern still on the road. You got the huge game on Thursday. I just want to see Nebraska stick to their identity. You know, sometimes they get on the road and their shooting splits are, are way different when they get on the road um, is they, they get out of their identity. They all of a sudden start to run with teams and that's not their identity. Um, so I'll be, I'll be curious to see what the tempo is like today, but I think it'll be a tight, like very physical basketball game. And they're going to need a lot of rink mass and they're going to need Casey to show up again today to get out of it, to get out of the rut he was in the other night where he got in foul trouble and then kind of, you know, maybe got in his feelings and wasn't as crisp as he was against Northwestern, they'll need a big effort out of him today. Mm. Sharpie, we're talking some Nebraska football trajectory of, of the program, and, you know, there's excitement about uh, the direction. And, you know, you look at Nebraska, and the part of that excitement here for spring is, is Dylan Riola and – you know, the, the feel that not only Nebraska has option A with him, but B, there's uh, Danny Kalen, a uh, local talent. They're bringing in a couple of quarterbacks for 25-26 this weekend for junior day. But, you know, I want to get to the topic, your take on getting quarterback right at Nebraska. Well, Just what, what that does, and we kind of referenced it earlier last hour to Harbaugh when he got his quarterback in. Uh, it 
it really was it's obvious that it was it was a it was a compliment to everything else he built on the lines of scrimmage. You know, I think this is a, a deep conversation because I think when you say did they did they get the quarterback right? Well, did they get the guy that's calling plays with him yes. right? You know, they've got to have they got they got to be in tight with each other and understand each other where they'll call plays for his strengths. And that's why, you know, I I, I think spring is big because I think once we get through spring we're going to have a better understanding of what Nebraska wants to do offensively because Rule has been really, really stingy on this on his entire career as he plays to the strength of his quarterback. Like he doesn't all of a sudden have this wide open offense and a quarterback that can't throw the ball more than five yards down the field. So I'll be curious to see what there. But once you get that quarterback fixed, then it becomes don't let him always wear the cape. You know, what do you do with the other 10 guys around him? And then I think another part of what you guys are talking about and what Schmidt, you're alluding to is you can't stop. Like, you have a window to go find the next, the next Dylan Riola. And your job as the head coach is to construct the roster and to continue to better the roster. And if you happen to get a four-star quarterback in the class of 20, 2025, have at it. Because that's your job is don't worry about numbers, create competition, and always coach yourself and recruit yourself into options. Hmm. Gary Sharp with us on the Hill Varsity Weekend Edition. Brought to you by Cornhead Logger. Could also be brought to you by another business. You just let us know. You just let us know. Uh, Subtle. Yeah, you know, trying to be. <laughs> let's talk about that. Gary, you don't happen to have a side business, do you? Because let's talk if you do. Let's talk. Well, and, and Cradak, there's an offering plate behind you. I mean, you need to come next Saturday with the offering plate. You know, por que no? No, just hold up one of those little signs, you know, like like a little piece of paper. Uh-huh. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk for money. <laughs> yeah. Hey, by the way, I was going to say hungry. Anything helps. Yeah. I mean, wow. Yeah, that would... Dude, let me just make quick commentary on, on everybody. We see that, that is holding that sign up that oh, no. needs a little help. And yeah. at Whoa. times we've, we've rolled our window down and handed somebody a couple of bucks. But do you do a double take when the guy is wearing Air Jordans? Just, just asking the room. <laughs> Maybe somebody handed them that out the window, and they happen to be the right size. Or, or, or they, or they take away from the people that really need help, and that person that has the Air Jordans three hours later is at a different location, and you wonder, yeah. how did he get all the way across town in that short amount of time? Yeah. All right. So <laughs> he drove in his Audi. <laughs> you know. I, I, as as we look in uh, look, look ahead to this year and beyond for Nebraska, Dylan Rayola's job to lose. Obviously, we know that. But let's also realize that we're talking about Nebraska is turning it over to a true freshman, mm-hmm. and that's kind of rare for any team, let alone Nebraska. Game one, does, the guys, but it does happen in college football. It does, but it's it's kind of ne- rare. Nebraska right? did it in Frost's first year. Um. Yep. No, you're right. So so it does happen. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think we're in for this year with what you know about Riola, what you know about Rule, what you know about the schedule? What kind of ups and downs can we expect? Is it sort of the typical true freshman type things, like oh, he's going to face some things he's not used to seeing and have some horrific games? Do you think maybe his floor is just better than that? based on who he is to where maybe he doesn't like, what are we in for with a true freshman can't miss five-star quarterback, maybe Nebraska's, you know, one of the higher ranked guys they've ever landed at the program. 
Um, a guy that is driven to be an NFL guy that's going to take people along with him. I want to see him make people better around him. Hmm. You know, I, I think he's going to be really good. Um, and I want him to struggle as a freshman. I do. Hmm. I, I want him to make sure that in March he's out in the elements, throwing in the wind, throwing in the cold, because he hasn't played in the wind or the cold like we have here when we get to October and November. So I hope they get him outside a lot, working with his wide receivers, just to get used to those conditions. So when you get to October 26th in Columbus, it doesn't hit you right in the face. I think we're going to find out that he has got an enormous amount of skill, that he plays quarterback like his dad did as an offensive lineman with that mentality. But he's going to learn along the way, and we're going to see how quickly he adapts because he's going to try and make that big boy throw where in high school you can make the throw outside the numbers and you don't have to worry about the speed of a defensive back you know, closing in because they're not as good in high school as he's going to envision you know, he's going to have here in college. So I, I hope there's a bouts of adversity because that's where we'll find out the most about Dylan is how he handles those. And it, maybe he does it. Maybe he's just this unbelievable quarterback that is the real deal and will bless the ground that he walks on for three years. But I hope he struggles a little bit because I want to see how he adapts and how he adjusts. But there's a lot of things to like that we haven't had around here in a while. Nebraska hasn't had a quarterback that is a brand. That's what Nebraska Hmm. has. They have a quarterback that is a brand that the goal is to get him into the NFL in three years. Hmm. Hmm. And his brother waiting in the wings. Is it as simple as that's Nebraska's next quarterback? He's 26, class of 26, I believe. Um, I mean, I think there's a possibility. you got to remember that the family loves Nebraska. Mom and dad yeah. feel like, man, the Nebraska has done a lot for him. Now, they're not moving to Nebraska. They're going to stay in Buford, Georgia. So, yeah. you know, who knows? I mean, we'll, we'll see. He's, he's, uh, yeah, he's got to go win the job at Buford. Right? Yeah, he, I mean. he's, a, he's a young kid. I think Nebraska started a nice relationship. But the family is a big thing. If the family loves their experience with Dylan, then, you know, Dayton has got a decision to make. But whoever it is, like we were just saying, Nebraska needs to continue to recruit 25, 26, uh, keep adding quarterbacks, and let it, let it play out. Look what Ohio State did. Ohio State's got all these five stars, and they're like, hey, let's just have some competition. You know, we know we're going to lose somebody, but let's have competition to make that person better or the number one guy better. Gary, yeah. uh, we have a thought in here from Eric I want to get your thoughts on. Oh, that's the wrong one. There we go. He asks, uh, he, it's more of a statement, need to be able to take it off of Riola's shoulders until he's ready to take it. I agree with that, but I want to get your thoughts on what that looks like to you in the season 2024. Once we get to fall, what does it look like to take Oof. it off his shoulders until he's ready to take it? I don't, think you wa- I don't think you walk in and say, hey, Dylan, welcome to Nebraska. Hand the ball off 45 times. Um, yeah, he ain't going to be a game man. Yeah, he's, uh, he's a guy that will <laughs> yeah. read the field. I mean, you know his mannerisms are like his idol, Patrick Mahomes. Um, you know, he, I think he scans the field. I think he throws wide receivers open. I think he's going to make guys better. You know, that's the thing. He's going to make wide receivers that we thought, mm. all of a sudden they're going to look better because there's a deep ball and they're better at tracking and all of those kind of things. Um, but it's, it, it, there's a lot to like there, guys. There's enough to start with. I mean, probably walking in the door – He's more polished than we've had a quarterback in a long time. I mean, just the mechanics of being a quarterback, because he's essentially been a quarterback for a long time before he gets to college. So all of the mechanics, the footwork, the vision, the reading defenses, knowing what the other 10 guys on the field are doing, that is way ahead of a lot of freshmen that we encounter at that position at Nebraska. But also, Nebraska finally got a quarterback that is playing quarterback. 
not an athlete that we're going to adapt to playing quarterback. Hmm. Yeah. Sharpie, I, I want to go back to an earlier thought on, on quarterback here and that pairing that you're absolutely right about here. And uh, let's talk positive about the Raiola Glenn Thomas pairing from some of your thoughts on, on Glenn Thomas. How, how do you see that working to Nebraska's benefit? You, you brought in, you made the investment with a quarterback coach. Nebraska uh, is going to have that dedication which is going to be nice. And how do you see uh, each other making that position better? Well, I, I think the one thing you find out about Glenn Thomas with the Steelers is the Steelers like Glenn Thomas because he's good at working with young players. So you bring him in and you're like, you have Kenny Pickett here, who's now in his, what, third year as a pro. And so you're like, he's good at working with young people. And I think that's a big thing um, because he's going to get somebody that, is further along in his development, but there are tweaks to be made. But his the thing the thing that you hear from people you talk to that have worked with him either at Baylor with Rule and Satterfield all in the mix or at Pittsburgh, he is very much a it's not my way or the highway. We're in this together. We're going to work, and I think that'll be an interesting dynamic when it comes to setting up the the game plan week by week. But in terms of the quarterback room, he works well with young people. He's very patient. Um, he's very hands on. So they're going to correct things on the field instead of going to the film room to say, hey, when you guys were out there, uh, you missed on this route. Um, you didn't, your eyes got caught, you know, by the defensive back. So they, they, they clean up things on the field. I think he'll be very good. I, I think he's a, a person that he comes in at a time where you bring in two young quarterbacks that have to be developed still. Um, and you got a guy that is new to the situation. The bear basically is inheriting Kalen and Riola. And he gets a chance to work with Harburg to say, okay, let's do this. Let's work on this. I think it's a good pairing at this stage when you bring in two young quarterbacks like they are. Two-part two quarterback question here. When you look at Nebraska's roster right now, as it stands, at the quarterback position, it's, it's pretty thin. It's a little scary if you think yeah. about how Nebraska has you know, traditionally done things. It's, you're, you're not, you don't get a quarterback to play all, all the games. Like You're going to need – somebody to come in and, and back you up. So Nebraska is sitting with Danny Kalen, true freshman, never played. Uh, and then Heinrich Harburg, who's, you know, very, very different style of quarterback than those two. Um, all that said, do you think Nebraska adds, is able to add a, a veteran quarterback arm, more of a game manager type, you know, sort of a, oh, geez, I, I can't even think of a comp. Um, who's the kid that transferred – he started at Michigan. He was the walk-on kid uh, back in like 2018. He didn't start, but he played a lot. Um, oh, geez, what was his name? He transferred to like a – I think he was Juco. He came here, he, and then he went to uh, one AA school. What is his name? Is From Nebraska? Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was here for a minute, and then oh, – I'm going to have to look that one up. Gonna have to look that one. Up. I can't remember his name for now. Um, but to answer your question, Mark, I, I, don't you guys think that they'll wait until after spring? Now, yeah, it's not super comfortable having two and a half true quarterbacks and two guys that have never played college football. But they do have a couple of walk-ons that they like. I think they wait until after spring to say, okay, here's how we're going to assess the quarterback room. But it would be ideal to bring in that guy that just wants to, you know, like be the be the mentor, you know, 
be the older guy in the room, come in here, realize that there's a legit chance that he can compete, be the backup guy. But he's a guy that's been around college football for a while that can lead the young guys and answer their questions away from the head coach or his position coach. But well, we'll see after spring. We'll see how they feel about the rest of that room that is not the three scholarship guys. I was thinking of Andrew Bunch. Do you get somebody like that who probably doesn't have any sort of, you know, realistic expectation of starting? Yeah, that's um, a, that'd be an ideal type, that right? ideal type guy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for. And Doug came in off the bench and said, "Yeah, Andrew Bunch. That's who we were thinking of." What happens with Harburg this year? And before you answer that, I believe he is the type of player that I don't. I don't think you just keep him. I think he's too fast, too good with the ball in his hands, too good of an athlete, too much of a pretty – he's kind of a dialed-in, you know, leader type. He's talented. Yeah, I, I think he's, he's too good to just keep on the bench. What happens with him? Do you, do you see him having certain packages where he plays a flex role, where maybe he does, you know, some short yardage, you know, trying to – I could see him being a Taysom Hill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I could see him doing what they kind of – Intended for him to do last year, guys. Play a little tight end, H back, and if need be, play quarterback. I mean, that's mm. that's how the season started. We know how the season ended. I, I, I think they will find that role for him. But you're right. He he's too good of an athlete not to find a place on the field. Right. But I will I will tell you this though. He will he will give it every go in the spring to prove people wrong. Um, yeah. And we don't know with different tutelage and a year of experience what looks different because things will have to look different. But I, I, we, we want to put him at that H-back tight end role because of his athleticism. I think he says, not so fast. Mm-hmm. I want to play. I hope they find a place for me. But I came here to play quarterback, and I'm not done yet playing quarterback. And that's great. That's great because competition in that room is ideal, like true competition. Dylan Raiola is your guy on day one, but we need people to push him so that that room as a whole gets better every single day. Again, ideal situation for a new position coach to walk into. Gary, I asked this to, uh, to, to Brandon about 30 minutes ago. I want to get your thoughts on it as well. When you talk about that competition, there's going to be some attrition needed here through spring and into the summer before you get to fall camp most likely. Where do you see that, that competition through this spring? If you're forecasting spring football – which position groups do you think has the fiercest competition? What should Husker fans be be keeping a, a lookout for in terms of competition and potential attrition? Now, are we talking about uh, competition to kick, kick people off the Husker Island or competition <laughs> to be a starter? <laughs> Both. So good. Well, I, I think the one thing that will happen with spring is guys will have a good understanding if they're going to play or not. You know, and essentially last year, if you didn't play last year, and, and, and if you weren't redshirted, you have to be thinking, man, am I ever going to play? Because they played a lot of guys last year, whether they wanted to or they had to. So I think they will make decisions pretty easy. Like you'll know you had every shot to show us what you had. It's just not going to work out. You can stay, but, you know, you're probably not going to play. Um, I, I think across like for, for battle for playing time, wide receiver is a spot. Running back is a spot. The thing about spring in 2024 for Nebraska is essentially your roster is here. You're going you're gonna to start spring football, and it's like 15 practices on top of fall practice, if you get what I'm saying, because that's your roster. It's not like they 
are going to be waiting on 25 guys to show up in June. They're going to be waiting on just a handful of guys. So there'll be competition across the board. But I think on offense, man, wide receiver, running back, who is going to fit into the mix of a rotation at guard? And then defensive line. Man, there's some guys I think are going to play a lot of football this upcoming year. If you want to play, you better be on your best behavior here in winter conditioning and spring ball. I, I, I think we will, be, we will be really, really enamored with spring this year because you got a veteran football team that doesn't have to do a lot of teaching, especially on defense. They just have to do a lot of playing. And we'll look at it and go, wow, they're a fine they're, – they're, they're getting there. And that just leads then into the fall when we start talking, man, is seven wins, eight wins? What, what can they do? They'll have a better head start going into the fall. Gary Sharp with us. A few more minutes. Weekend edition of Tale Varsity. Mark Cranach, Elijah Herbal, Chris Schmidt. And uh, subscribe to the Hale Varsity YouTube channel. Give us a like. Tell a buddy. Uh, started the show off talking about just kind of the, the uh, off-season tour from Ed Foley, Garrett McGuire. Both were at, at the East-Southwest game last night checking out <laughs> um, uh, Jackson Carpenter and uh, – it was cool to see them interact not only with the family, but but just different folks in the crowd, either that would come up to them or they would go out and, and shake hands. And, you know, it's it's really necessary, but they they totally Sharpie thrive in their role oh. in Omaha, in Fairbury, in you pick a spot. They are finding diners. Uh, they are finding uh spots to go hit they're 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 paying tribute to elijah herbal and the nacho cheese on the hot dog <laughs> Disgusting. Uh, that's oh, what i say but yourself. i i've not tried it and uh touch on just you're locked in in omaha brother yeah. and and that is such a fertile area specifically with all the the training that goes on up there with with steve and in the warren academy and yeah just how how much it's exploded well on a national scene all you have to do is look at all the major college programs that rolled through omaha this past week usc stanford michigan notre dame i mean you go on and on and on the talent in omaha and the rest of the state is drawing a lot of people um but wouldn't you guys like to when you guys like to just trade spots right now this morning with ed foley like mark or elijah you go you know what i'll be ed foley ed foley can come on you know Six days out of the week and do radio, because Ed Foley he do might, <laughs> Ed Foley might have one of the best jobs in Nebraska football. He is, you know, there's only two coaches that speak to the the entire team every day. That's the head coach and the special teams guy. So there's a lot of power there in the special teams world. And I know I know people have been saying, "Hey, you guys talk about additions this year. What are they going to do at punter?" That's probably closer to spring. Um, <laughs> but then you're Ed Foley, so you get to address the team. Uh, every day you work with more guys than any of the other position coaches you get to tour the state of nebraska eating at all the three-star diners you get to tweet out pictures you have this lovable personality you love to talk to people everybody likes you but you don't have the pressure of when nebraska has to close on an in-state guy you're not the guy they take white they take rule they take satterfield they take whoever they go and close the deal and you're like hey man i just i just put out the breadcrumbs I got a great life. I think Ed Foley has a great job at Nebraska. I mean, really, the only pressure is whenever you go up by two scores in a football game, you have to ask yourself whether or not you're going to kick an onside. That's, that's, about, the, that's about it. 
<laughs> yeah, in, in Ireland. Right, so. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's Irish law. You have to do it. <laughs> I mean, there, there, you know what? There's a, it's, it's just a nice little cycle here where there's a lot of talent in the state. And, and I think what this staff has done, and they're, even, even with some changes in the recruiting office, they are really well organized. Um, the schedule of where the coaches are going, they don't have to worry about it. They know what's going to be in their inbox. They know where they're going. There's no like surprises if Philip Simpson is in Florida and the car is not there or, you know, whatever. So they do a really good job of organizing all of that. And I think in-state that's important because when you're organized, you see guys earlier. And that's the big thing in, with Nebraska kids. And I found out with Omaha kids, they like to be recognized early, not Johnny come lately and make an evaluation, start a relationship. Maybe it results in a scholarship. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe I end up there. Maybe I don't. But I think the fact that Nebraska is ahead of the game and evaluating prospects and listening to people around the state that know football, that they trust, that say, hey, you got to go check out this wide receiver at Platteview. He's about to blow up. Nebraska gets in there early, and look what happens next. Platteview, which has sent two football players to Nebraska since 1990, all of a sudden you have all these major colleges are there. So they're very organized, and so that helps when Ed Foley can tour the state. He knows where he's going to eat. He knows what school he's going to, and we're all like, Oh, that's Ed. We like Ed. Every staff needs an Ed Foley. Yeah. <laughs> let's let's look into um, oh, a, a couple questions that we have for next year's roster. So outside of Riola, give me one offensive player, one defensive player incoming, freshman. So from the recruiting class, one offensive, mm-hmm. one defensive player outside Riola that figures into the mix immediately is an, an, is an impact player. And in the rotation by the end of the year, by the end of the year, mm-hmm. I, I'm not saying day one, but by the end of the year, who figures into the mix out of the recruiting class? I got a couple and I just was curious what you think. Um, Ja'Cory Barney is a huge get for Nebraska. Okay. Wide um, receiver. Yes. And, also, and in what way? What's the, what's his style? What, what do you like about him? He's going to be a little slot guy, yep. but he's got speed to burn. I mean, they, they have a, their track team that they assembled. They assembled a track team a year before they had a track to run on and somebody to, to shoot the uh, starter's gun. Mm-hmm. Now they have a track to run on, and they got Raiola standing there shooting the starter's gun. So they're in a good spot. I like Barney a lot. He's going to be in my Super 6. A guy not to, to overlook, and I, I, if you're saying end of the year, maybe in the mix, Keelan Smith, Neil mm. Smith's son, mm. boy, there's a lot to like about him with his size. Um, but can I give you two on offense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it might be a little bit tougher for him because they got 22 scholarship offensive linemen. But look out for Gibson Pyle. I think Gibson Pyle will work his way through the offensive line depth chart where we're going to see him in late October and November possibly having some snaps. Maybe not starting, but having some snaps. Um, on defense... Is he interior or outside? He, uh, he is an interior guy. No, uh, no, he's an outside guy. Outside guy. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, he's 6'4", 275. Okay. Klein, Texas. Yep. Um, him up. Okay. And, and so, because Brixis gets a lot of attention in the recruiting class, Pyle had a great, great senior year. And he's got great film if everything that you're looking for. Um, on defense, uh, if they get Will Height, he would be the guy. If they get Keona Will Height. Hmm. What about Buford? What little Buford? Uh, he's going to be a player. But you remember, there's man, they're stacked in that room. Yeah, 
What do you so, what do you mean about get Will Height? Can you can you t- tell me more about that? I'm not sure what you're talking about. If he there. commits to Nebraska, he's, he's the he's the four star yeah. that was going to Washington. Okay, and he's uh, and he's still out there. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I hey and 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 it was kind of interesting who Nebraska sent for his home visit. It was Tony White. So the coordinators don't recruit a lot. Um, sometimes they walk in and they're the hammer, but they're not they're not everywhere all over the country. So it's kind of special when they go to recruit. I have a guy like Tony White show up in my house to say, hey, this is where we see you as a pass rushing guy. You were really good in high school. You can be a fit here. I know you liked your official visit. I know you got Michigan State breathing down your neck. You know what? Nebraska's the place for you. But I think it's twofold. White goes in as the guy that, hey, if you're playing for us, I'm coordinating that defense, and I can explain the jack and the will of what you might play, but also – Tony White's going to be a head coach someday. That's great experience as a guy to go in and close the deal because coordinators aren't really expected to do that. And White doesn't do an abundance of recruiting. He does recruit, but not, you know, over the, like the other position coaches. It's like, hey, here's something you're going to have to get used to when you're head coach is go into a big time recruit that you want, that you want to win a battle. And that's, you know, uh, White going into visit Will Height. So we'll see. I have no read on what he's going to do. Um, I think he's kind of kept it close to the vest, but Nebraska can't have enough pass rushers. I don't care if they've already got some on the roster. They need to start assembling and just building a deep pool and then add Christian Jones from Westside in the class of 25. Yeah, I think uh, one other question I have about is uh, for Nebraska next year, they're loaded at this position um, at defensive back, right, between safety and corner. I think you can take to the bank and you lose Quentin Newsom. So you can take to the bank Gifford. I think you could take to the bank Hartzog. You could probably take um, Tommy Hill. Tommy Hill. Singleton. And then and Singleton. And, and Singleton. Who's and I'll that give fifth? You, and I'll give you two other guys. Um, I, I, I think Bly Hill's going to find a way on the field. And then Dwight Boodle. So, and there's also Buford, mm-hmm. right? Um, maybe, maybe not a lot to be concerned about. Do you think I, – I would like to see them move Hartzog – to one of the safety spots. I think that's more of his natural position with the way he hits. He's physical. And with, he yeah. And, well. and with the way he, I, I, don't, I, I just don't know if he could stick with top end wide receivers. Consistently yeah. I, I, I don't, I, I don't, I don't care where he plays. He has to be better in crunch time. Mm. Consistently better because he has all the makings of being a top level defensive back, whether it be a cornerback safety, but there were times in crunch time this year, he didn't make plays. He was just too up and down. So he's better than that. Yep. And, and by the way, for an incoming guy, give me Larry Tarver Jr., I believe is his name. The kid out of Miami, one of the late additions to Nebraska's 2024 class because he's a 10-600 guy, because he screams off the edge. Um, it just the, the one thing I would I'd really appreciate about Tony White and Matt Rule is like if you have a skill set that's ready to go, they'll, they'll bring in. I mean, who was that? Who was that uh, defensive end that came out of nowhere? James Williams or something like that? Like some guy that was like a walk-on that no one ever heard of, and then yeah, yeah. he's getting sacks in Big Ten play out of nowhere. Um, I could see Tarver Jr. figuring figuring into the mix in in some capacity this year. One more, they name, like uh, Re- they like Rex Guthrie a lot from Littleton, Colorado. One more name, I don't want to get swept in the wrong. Ethan Nation, I think Ethan Nation's yeah, a dude. Yeah. He, he needed a little seasoning. I think he can he can work his way into some playing time this year. Mm-hmm. Sharpie, get to wind it down and get your take. What do you believe Allegedly. about your Kansas City Chiefs with Andy Reid with the matchup tomorrow 
and uh, the the future of Casey. Unbiased, of course. Yeah, if they win tomorrow, there will be a thing, never bet against Mahomes in the playoffs. Um, I think it'd be tough tomorrow. Uh, You know, now they're they're kind of playing a little house money. Uh, Tooney not being there hurts a little bit because he's going to have to see a lot of different fronts and and they'll pick on him early. Um, I don't know. Andy Reid and Mahomes together, you don't want to bet against them. But boy, Lamar Jackson, Todd Monken are all on the same page. And Baltimore's scary. That offense is scary, what Jackson does in the play-action game. And Kansas City hasn't been great in play-action defense. And then Baltimore's defense is ferocious. It's not like the Ray Lewis uh, time when they won the Super Bowl. But, man, they gang tackle. So, like, Pacheco's going to have to be good. There's going to have to be a lot of things going to Kansas City's way. But I never doubt KC with Mahomes. I think it's close. But I think the Ravens are just a better up-and-down team. But, man... I'm ready for it. If Kansas City wins that game, I'm ready for everybody to just be upset at America's team. Love that. But how about, hey, could we could we start the year and finish the year with the same game? Lions-Chiefs. Detroit, yeah. Wait, did, did, wait, really fast. Did you just call the Chiefs America's team? Yes. Okay, we'll they, move on from that. They've got, they've got Jason Kelsey shirtless. They've got Taylor Swift. They've got 50 million people <laughs> are watching them. They are winning championships. They become a villain. How are they not America's team? Did you see the uh, the thing that's going on on social media that 46 of the 50 states were rooting for the Ravens in this one? Yeah, that's fine. That's okay. <laughs> yeah, that's, I, I, I like it. That's, they, America. They, they, that's a lot of America is, yeah, is I think, Elijah's yeah, we're, point. We're, 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 we're divided. I mean, you know. <laughs> I guess the Cowboys are America's team and everyone loves to no, hate the No, they're not. So. The, the Chiefs are the new America's team. Okay. It's okay to say that out loud. No. You could no. say that about the Cowboys, and it was not a term of affection. If anyone is America's team right now, it's the Lions. Yeah. Well, they're lovable, so I want them to, to you know, make the Super Bowl. By, by the way, is Pacheco, is he, is he up for contract? Is he a free agent nope. um, coming up? Is he no. locked up? Hey, you guys want to be a, have a, a kick in the gut when it comes to Nebraska running backs where we used to be I back you? Rutgers will have two running backs playing in this game, Edwards and Pacheco. Oh, jeez. No, Pacheco's right. only and, and they didn't and they didn't light up the Big Ten, but no. they were they were they were good. They were serviceable. No. Yeah, I I don't like the Chiefs. I, I don't I don't dislike them either. I'm just sort of ambivalent about the NFL. I just like to watch it. Right? Don't really have a team. Pacheco was my favorite NFL Thank running you, back. Rob Lowe. Like, he's my favorite. Yeah, exactly. I just wear the NFL hat. You know, go sports. Uh, but. <laughs> Pacheco is my favorite NFL running back in like five, 10 years. That dude is, there's nobody on the planet that runs as hard as him. It's crazy. It is absolutely ridiculous. And he's starting to rub off. He's starting to rub off yeah. on the, on the, on the running backs behind him. I mean, wow. What an yeah, he, impressive guy. Hey, he, he runs like the treadmill is going too fast. Yeah, he really does. It's, it's something. And, and by one, the way, one thing he, about he had a house call against Nebraska uh, on a kick return few years ago and, and one thing about pacheco they did a uh, uh btn did a, a story on really really just incredible story where uh back in high school um both of his siblings his sister and his brother were, were both killed while he was in high school and he kind of plays for them it's a, it's a really incredible story i encourage you wow. to check it out that's one thing i'll say not a chiefs guy but that hearing that story a little earlier this year maybe for for pacheco btn did a story on it back whenever he was playing at rutgers just about the uh the, the motivation that he has playing on the field, playing for his sister and his brother who were both killed. So really incredible story. Well, it, it, it actually makes sense because he looks like he's playing. I mean, he's not just playing the, the position. Yeah, You're just he, sort of like, what, he runs what with is some anger? Yeah. Like yeah. what is running this guy? <laughs> hey, so we're down to, we're down to one 
Uh, Randy Gregory is the lone hope for uh, a Husker to be in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, no. Now I say it's actually two of my favorite like Pacheco and then Debo. Come on now. Yeah. Debo's awesome. Yeah, they need they need they need him tomorrow to be yeah. healthy. And then McCaffrey on the same. San Francisco's loaded too. My goodness. It's a good group. This is a good final four. This is a really good final four. The NFL has got really so. good. Okay. The NFL is too big to fail. It gives us, it delivers, and tomorrow should be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to be a pain in the butt if the Chiefs are back in the Super Bowl because y'all are going to hate it. Y'all going to hate it. I'm not going to join that Saturday morning show. <laughs> if it, well, of the most unlikely year for Kansas City to make a run as a three seed and win twice on the road, and then they do it with an opposite identity of what they've done in the past. They're known for their defense this year. I mean, he's only 28, guys. Hey, let's uh, real quick. We, we were going to get you out of there on this, but you know how this thing rolls. I mean, come Charby's going to have internet point. problems in three, two, <laughs> one. But Nebraska baseball holds its press conference yesterday. They yeah. started practice. Started practice. Like, look three weeks. Uh, three weeks from now, we'll be talking about the first game. That is unbeavable. So that is happening. Nebraska baseball is back. Drew Christo is one of the two guys that they trot out. Drew mm-hmm. Christo of Elkhorn fame. Was he going to go pro or was he going to go to Nebraska? I mean, he was that level of talent. He's 6'5". He's 230. He is literally built like Roger Clemens. Not saying he is Roger Clemens. He's literally built like him, though. Uh, and, they, and they trot him out as one of the two guys. And you wouldn't say that his past performance would justify that. But now he's working with a Rob Childress, who is known for kind of keeping it simple and kind of being a pitcher whisperer of sorts. What do we expect out of Drew Christo under Childress? And is the fact that they trotted him out as one of the two players telling for what we can expect for him this year? I think that's a good read. Uh, So, Rob, you must throw strikes to pitch for Rob. If you don't throw strikes, you're not pitching. You're sitting next to him in the dugout. So... You know, and, and, and Drew is Drew gave you the glimpses more last year than he did as a freshman that what he threw at Elkhorn fastball, his array of pitches is overpowering. He can do that, but he had trouble finding the strike zone. Now he's finally got a pitching coach that I think is going to, you know, has worked really in depth with him and studied him and now can be more on hand. You know, Rob's watched him from afar for the last couple of years. Now he's right there with him. I think you're going to see a jump with Drew, but all those pitchers, they don't throw strikes. They don't throw strikes early in the count. Then you're not a friend of Rob Childress. And, mm-hmm. and, and I also think, you know, I, I think there's a, what I've heard is from the fall is there's a little bit more break on the curveball. Yeah. So just a little extra tutelage, I think, will benefit Drew Christo. But that's a good read that they would roll out a guy that pitched, what, 16 innings last year? Yeah. You know, yeah. wasn't yeah. yeah, started one game, only pitched, I think, 11 games. And he was so and, – and, God, when he came in – he had so much like nervous energy. You know what I'm saying? Like he, yeah. he, he, he did not look like a calm, composed dude on the mound. Like he looked like he had his heart rate is, was like at 180. <laughs> and he's just like, dude, yeah, Drew, he got, settle you know, down, man. You know, he was dominant in high school. I watched him pitch yeah. a lot. And, you know, I mean, his dad, his dad's an athlete. So there's great DNA. And, and Drew is multi-sport guy. He shows oh, yeah. up in Nebraska. That fall ball before his freshman year, I mean, he got lit up like a monkey. Yeah. They were doing the red-white, <laughs> and guys were hitting balls off of Pinnacle Bank Arena. And all of a sudden, he's on the mound going, whoa. It was a slow adjustment. I, I, I think we saw times last year where he adjusted. But Nebraska has to have all hands on deck. I mean, I, I don't think there's a superstar on this team. But I think they've assembled a roster that complements each other pretty well. 
is it going to be that scrappy bunch? I mean, you know that's how Will played. You know, Will Will Bolt prefers that style. Last year, I think you you at the top of your lineup, you had um, you know obviously you had two first second round draft picks. You guys are just super talented hitters. Do you think they're going to go a little bit more small ball, a little more scrappy, a little more kind of the way Bolt wants to play? He's he's not he he's clean off of that uh, Van Horn tree. It didn't seem like they could play like that since he's been here. No, and and I and I think you know you look at him this upcoming year. They'll probably have more. They'll probably have more of the Will Bolt identity because they were they had a lot of spots that were open in the fall, so they still have some spots open. So I think the competitiveness um, will benefit this team as well. But I, I think this is where this team will be get themselves to the NCAA tournament is they have a deep pitching staff. Now they're going to have to figure out who's going to be at the top of that pitching staff on the Fridays, the Saturdays, and what you do on Sunday. But I like their array of arms. Again, I, the roster construction. When Mike Sirianni joined the program, they said, okay, we got to act quickly here to fill some holes on the 24. They did, and they brought some pieces in of guys that have thrown – you know, I've thrown a lot of college baseball, but they're going to they're, they, they've recruited themselves and constructed the roster into options. Now they got to go out and prove it. And I think Rob has taken it upon himself is, you know what? That's my jo- That's my uh, my chore this year is to get guys to throw strikes and to develop a fourth and fifth starter if need be. Mm. We welcome yep. Gertie, the German shepherd to the show. Oh. <laughs> made an appearance yeah hey but the weather the weather's warming up we can all go golfing on groundhog's day it's going to be 60 Let's degrees do it sharpie wow. where do you want to go man milts hey is that still a thing hey well well thursday will be a big day we'll golf and then we'll go watch nebraska wisconsin basketball Done. is milt still open yes it is oh, despite perfect. but despite all the attempts to buy the land which is across the street from the new casino in omaha yeah they have hung in there Schmidt, Elijah, okay. you guys know about Milts? No, tell me. Little par three where they just basically have like probably one or two dudes mowing it occasionally. That's <laughs> that's it. Yes, yeah. it's pretty much. It's a it dry, it's, They got a driving range there as well. It's across the street from old uh, from Horseman's Park. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Worst Done. best golf course in America. Oh, it's cheap. It's awesome. The guy that runs the shack is is great. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Milts. Done. It's probably like four bucks or something. To, and it's in it. a prime prime real estate spot. And they won't Milt. sell. God Milt. bless you. I'd be surprised if they have a website. I'm going to look it up. Sharpie <laughs> uh, will let you get out, really brother. Fast, it's so fun to. Did you guys see to, Landman Golf Club started making the rounds uh, like nationally, and it, it, they already sold out their tee times for 2024? You can talk. You can talk to Schmitty. He'll get you on there. He knows people. That'd be nice. We are shopping since uh, allegedly Junior's retired from baseball. To be able to golf now this summer, <laughs> nine, to take... uh, nine holes is twelve bucks. Oh, that's, that's Boom! Mm-hmm. All right, second nine for six. I mean, why you not? Can't beat that. Yeah, yeah. Well, Sharpie, we'll get uh, we'll get the clubs dusted off. Cranack will get you acclimated. Elijah will keep the Red Bull and vodkas going, so the uh, the putting works. And enjoy Caitlin Clark, who always tries to hang fifty on Nebraska. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But here in a little bit, huge game for Nebraska basketball. Yes. Taking the points. Mm, I, I bow out of this because I have no idea which Nebraska team shows up on the road. You and me. Yeah. <laughs> that's just, that's, that's life it is right now, but it's tough to win on the road across all the college basketball, but Nebraska has to find 
one or two of those along the way. And especially today, because Maryland's win the other night, they've gone into a quad three. So it would be. They won at Illinois too, not long ago. Yeah, they're a good team. Um, This is, if Nebraska is who we think they are, shouldn't they go in there and this game comes down to the final few possessions? Absolutely. Yep. Yep. Yeah, they can't unravel, that's for sure. And they can't go up and unravel. Like, if they've, they've shown half of their road wins, they've been up, and the other half, they've battled back to take a lead and not maintained it. So can they kind of take that mentality from PBA, playmaking, decision-making, with them to the nation's capital? Yep. Well, we'll, we'll find out. Uh, but then the game on uh, Thursday against Wisconsin is huge. Because yep. Wisconsin is – Man, Greg Gard might be in the running for National Coach of the Year, what they've done. They're a two-seed. They can knock on that one-seed door. Well, and you also have to remember, you lost to them earlier in the year. Remember the last time Chucky Hepburn was at PBA? Nebraska rallied, Chucky got booed, and Nebraska won. Big comeback. Yep. Well, Gary, we'll let you get back to your fifth rewatch of the Sydney Sweeney Hot One, so enjoy that. <laughs> I'm Lay this out. Right I, I saw, I saw a, a real – or I should say I saw a posting by our friends at the Redcast. Tell me, what do I need to watch this later? Do you not know Sydney Sweeney? His name's a little bit familiar. Does I get a, a couple of big shows, then she had the uh, the anyone but you rom com just come out. Anyway, she's in hot ones where they eat the, the hot wings with even hot yeah, yeah, questions. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's it's solid. Okay. Shy. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Good thing that Google works at Cranick's house. Yeah. <laughs> right. Thanks, guys. Sharpie's like out. <laughs>